Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and <clears throat> good morning and welcome to the latest episode of Inside the Huddle. I am your host, Sammy Jacobs. Our co-host TJ Inman will be joining us shortly. We have lots to talk about, some good news, some bad news, and everything in between. TJ, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. How are you, Sammy? I'm doing very well. I, I went out, walked around downtown Indianapolis this morning. It's a little brisk, but uh, it feels like football weather. So uh, it, a very good morning so far. We do have so, some news to talk about first. Uh, we'll start off with the bad news. Is uh, Defensive tackle Ralph Green uh, was arrested on Sunday morning, uh, assaulting, assaulting a, uh, a female at a party and for uh, so he had uh, battery char- misdemeanor battery charges as well as public intoxication. And, uh, you know, it's a situation where we've seen it so much now with, with Ray Rice. There's an issue down at, at Alabama. Um, the details are starting to leak out. He was at a party. He was trying to dance with a, a, a co-ed there. And the co-ed had a boyfriend and didn't want to dance with him. And uh, he allegedly, uh, supposedly slapped her in the face. Uh, there was no no bruising or any marks. But this is it's a troubling situation. It happens again on Little 500 uh, for an Indiana athlete. It's just it's stupid. It's wrong, and it's it ends up in in a indefinite suspension and a possible dismissal from the team. Uh, we we discussed this a little bit about what we thought um kind of what we thought would would happen with this first i think you have to if you are kevin wilson and the iu athletic department the first thing you have to do is is suspend ralph green indefinitely that has happened um he's currently suspended indefinitely uh the release from the iu athletic department um said that they were gathering facts and would have further action once they had all the facts and that they were going to um, going to go through the process of that. I'm sure they're working with the Bloomington Police Department and with Ralph Green uh, to determine what exactly happened before they make any further steps. And that's, that's the right way to go about it. Um, the legal part of it comes after that. Uh, According to to what we know, uh, these misdemeanor charges carry up to 180 days in jail, um, up to a thousand dollar fine. Uh, so at this, that's the maximum. It, it seems highly unlikely that that he'd serve serve jail time to that extent, but it is a, a remote possibility. Um, and then after that, you you get to the football part of it and where his place on the team is. Uh, I think at minimum, and we're, we're speculating on this, um, we don't know anything about what Kevin Wilson uh, is thinking on this, but at minimum you're looking at, at a, a one or two game suspension. Uh, if I were guessing right now, I think that Ralph Green uh, kind of misses the first two games with suspension, which is Southern Illinois and Florida International and is put on kind of a, a zero tolerance, which, you know, that term that I use not not thought of very fondly, but kind of a zero tolerance policy in which if there's any more legal trouble 
or any behavior that, that Kevin Wilson is not willing to put up with from Ralph Green that he'll be dismissed from the team. Um, I do believe in second chances, but I have extremely low tolerance for, for any male to hit a female, um, particularly one that is capable of doing the physical damage that the Ralph Green could do. Um, not that it's acceptable for me to do it at all either, even though I could not do anything close to what Ralph Green could. Uh, there's just no excuse for a man putting his hands on, on a female like that. Um, but I, I do believe in second chances, and this, as far as we know, is the first legal trouble that Ralph Green has had. So it's a very difficult situation. Um, and until all the facts come out for IU to do anything other than say he's suspended indefinitely uh, and kind of let this play out before they take any further actions. But at the very least, I think we are looking at, at a one- to two-game suspension. And, um, you know, we can get into to what that means for the IU football uh, football team just in an on-the-field standpoint here in a little bit. But right now I think it's important to uh, just acknowledge that as a program we're not going to put up with this kind of thing. Yeah, it is a, a hot topic in uh, the real world now is, is domestic violence. And you saw it all last football season, and you saw it down in Alabama. And it's something that people, you know, flock to, to, to talk about. And, you know, this could be an off-the-field distraction. Off the field, it could hurt the team off the field if they don't handle it correctly, if, you know, they don't, suspend Ralph Green for a game or two. Uh, if he somehow, he'd say, okay, he was suspended all summer from football activities, he's done his time, uh, and this is his first time. If you don't suspend him for a game, you could have an uproar in, in the community in Bloomington. And you know, that that's the part off the field that, that scares me the most is is how is the Bloomington community going to react to this? And IU has to be very careful to do uh, to do their due diligence, work with the police department, find out what the facts were, what actually happened, and come up with a punishment that is uh, both fair and just. And if it is two games, then so be it. If he gets kicked off the team, so be it. it, it what he did was inexcusable and stupid. Um you know, it's little 500 people around campus are drinking all the time. It, it basically, you drink from Sunday night into next week. Um, and, and we know that people, when they're drunk, do stupid things. But you have to know your surrounding. You're an athlete. You're six foot five at 300 pounds. People know you play football. Um, people are going to be on the lookout for you. And if, if you do something like like slap a girl in the face, Somebody's going to notice. Somebody's going to take a picture and post it on on uh, on social media. Somebody might call the cops. You've you got to be smarter than this. And, and it really goes back to, to the basketball team last year where you had Yogi Ferrell trying to get into a bar during Little Five with, with a, a fake ID. And, you know, when I was a freshman at, at IU, uh, you know, I don't, I don't condone underage drinking, but the first thing you – were told were do not go to the bars because the excise police were there, and you know, and this is somebody who's a nobody on the campus of forty thousand people. 
So when you try and do something as a star athlete, people take notice. And and this is inexcusable and stupid, and it could cost him his career as an IU uh, as an IU Hoosier. Yeah, it uh, definitely could. That is a possibility for sure. I I would be surprised, barring other other effects we don't know. And that that's the thing to keep in mind. We do know some things about what has happened, but we don't know everything. Um, I don't know if the whole story will will ever get out, but um, it is certainly a possibility that this could cost Ralph Green a spot on this team if Kevin Wilson decides, you know what, we've we've talked about this as a team, and, and these guys have been warned that they don't get a second chance with something like this. And if if that's been made clear to them, then it would be entirely fair to 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 boot him from the squad. Um, I think you made a good point when you said that it needs to be a, a just punishment and a fair punishment, um, an appropriate one, and it, it's important to be fair to Ralph Crane as well. Um, if, if this is the first legal infraction that he has had, uh, I think it's important to take his entire body of work as a person into account and not just kick him off the team right away which is what they're doing. They're taking their time. They're they're understanding it. But I, I think it. We just need to remember that you know this is a guy that maybe and I don't know, but maybe he just made one really bad mistake and needs to pay an appropriate amount of punishment for it. And it's up to the coaching staff and the legal department to figure out or the the law, you know, figure out what exactly that appropriate thing is. But I know in some situations like this, we see people just immediately go with, oh, well, you know, he's he's done. He's, he's no good, terrible person. Just kick him off the team. You know, we want nothing to do with him anymore. I I think it's, it's important to recognize that as of now, this is not some type of pattern of terrible behavior that we are aware of. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how this plays out. We will definitely keep an eye on it. Uh, and any further developments, we'll talk about here on the podcast. We will. We will post uh, updated articles on Hoosier Huddle with with anything that breaks with this. Um, just from a from a pure football standpoint, let's let's assume that Ralph Green. You know, if he misses if he misses the Southern Illinois game, what football impact is he going to have? Not much. Well, let's say that he misses uh, four games. Let's say he's suspended for four games. So it's a, a significant amount of time that the defensive line rotation is going to change because, make no mistake, Ralph Green is one of the better defensive linemen that IU has, uh, and he he's a pretty significant force in the middle. So what do you think – uh, the rotation would look like at that point. Who are guys that maybe we weren't thinking about as being in line for snaps that would would see some some additional game time as a result of the suspension? Uh, well, I'll answer this question, then we'll bring in uh, Nick Holmes to to get his answer on it. Um, but I, I would think if he misses the first two games, it might give 
Uh, these younger guys, you know, Nidhoff could step in. Uh, there, there are a couple other uh, younger linemen who could step in and rotate. If he misses four games, that's significant. Uh, now you're you're hoping people don't get injured. You're playing a high-powered offense in Western Kentucky who could who could give you trouble. Um, so you have to see maybe one of these freshmen, uh, like a Joe Belden uh, or a, a Jacob Robinson, comes in and and, and plays. Uh, so it, it could really mess up, and this is just in football. You know, there are bigger things going on here, but it could it could right. mess up the whole. We're going to red start red redshirting some of these freshmen. Uh, Nick, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, we're talking a little bit about the impact of of Ralph Green's uh, arrest on, on the uh, depth of the defensive line. What's your take? Yeah, I mean it's it's obviously a big blow anytime you lose somebody that size. It, that plugs up the middle of your defense. But um, a couple names, guys that haven't seen the field yet, but I think the coaching staff like what they've seen is Michael Barwick, Jr., and uh, Darian Evinger. They both played in the spring game last Saturday, um, saw a significant amount of snaps. I think they could probably step up in the role. Along that interior interior of the line, you've got Hoff, like you mentioned, You've got Adarius Rayner from what Coach Wilson has said has been the most outstanding defensive lineman or at least interior defensive lineman he's seen so far in Latham. So those are your, your three workhorses. Um, throw in the two redshirt freshmen, and hopefully you wouldn't have to break into that next class of 2015 group. Yeah, it, it, it's we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. There's always two sides to the story. Um, there, there's got to be more details coming out. Uh, something initiated him slapping the girl in the face. Nobody ever deserves to get slapped in the face, and nobody should ever slap a girl in the face if you're a, a male um, or a female for that part. It, you know, it's keep your hands to yourselves, as, as we'll say in uh, PE class. But something went on. You just don't, out of the blue, when a girl refuses to dance, you just don't. Your first reaction is not to just slap them in the face. So, there's there's probably some something else going on there. Uh, what he did was 100% wrong. He should be 100% punished for it. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see uh, what the punishment is. But uh, we do have some good news uh, and some ironic news. But, uh, Nick, you wrote a piece uh, yesterday uh, on, on – uh, on recruits not committing yet, and as we were editing and putting that out, Peyton Ramsey from uh, Cincinnati committed to play quarterback for the Hoosiers in the future. Uh, so, so that's some good news. They got their first commit of the 2016 class. Uh, what excites you about the, the Ramsey commitment? Well, first getting back to that piece I wrote yesterday, I, as I was finishing it up yesterday, I, I had a feeling in the pit of my stomach that said someone's going to commit before I get this out. I just know it's going to happen. And uh, <laughs> lo and behold, we got the first guy. We got Peyton Ramsey. And um, wasn't the first guy on the big board for the Hoosiers. Brandon Peters was, obviously. But what everyone's saying at this point, what I've watched, um, the stats hold up. You know, he's a very athletic quarterback, has a good arm, um, kind of kind of fits the mold maybe of, I don't know, maybe more of a Xander Diamant, obviously bigger, um, more than a stand-in-the-pocket Nate Sudfeld. 
So I think he opens up a lot of options. Maybe we can get a little bit more of that read option game in there that we had with Trey Roberson a couple years ago. But yeah, he looks like a great commit. And I think what's uh, most important about getting a QB early on is when you're trying to trying to recruit running backs, offensive linemen, wide receivers, they know who they're going to be catching the ball from or who's going to be handing the ball off to them or who they're supposed to be protecting. I think that's kind of like your the guy that you look to to lead your class. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's tape. Oh, go ahead, TJ. Yeah, Trey Roberson was actually the guy that kept popping to my head when I was watching the highlight film. Um, kind of a, a just size-wise, uh, he on film resembles what I remember Trey Roberson looking like at Lawrence Central, um, and uh, he's it's very surprising to see him in the open field. It doesn't look like he's going all that fast, but nobody's catching him. Um, and, uh, you know, he plays in for Cincinnati Elder. Uh, you know, it's a very, very competitive area for high school football. A lot of really good players come out of there, so you know, there's not a worry about him just putting up numbers on on cream puffs. Uh, I, when you had your uh, quarterback big board up a couple weeks ago, um, Peyton Ramsey was was one of the guys that most intrigued me. Uh, I, I really think it's a good start to the class, and I, I use recruiting a lot of guys in that Cincinnati um, area, the greater Cincinnati area, for the 2016 class. So I, I think we'll we'll see quite a bit of activity sometime in the near future uh, as a result of this commitment. I think that quite a few guys might consider following Ramsey uh, to IU from that Ohio area. Yeah, hopefully uh, that is the case. IU is projected to have a, a little bit of a smaller class this year due to their uh, their small senior class graduating, and and there's a, a couple fifth year guys who they're waiting on to decide whether or not they want to take that fifth year, or because of injury or whatnot, uh, they move on with their careers. Uh, Nick, in your piece, uh, you talked a little bit about the IU recruiting strategy. Uh, you you want to explain that a little bit more for our listeners? Well, a lot of schools, um, some of your upper-tier schools, you know, they send out an offer, and the kid, you know, it was his dream school. He's in, he's instantly enamored with, you know, the Ohio State and the Michigans or the Alabamas. Well, unfortunately, as as all IU football fans know, we don't have that history or tradition that those programs do. So Coach Wilson makes it a point to bring these kids onto campus, allow them a better idea of, of what facilities they have. They, they work on building a, a real relationship with the kid. That not only helps the kid know, you know, who they're going to be playing for, but at the same time the coaching staff wants to make sure that this kid fits with the culture that they've, they've put in place, which, you know, it's been five years now. And um, from from what I've talked to some of the older um, players on the team, they've said, you know, it's it's day and night. The level of accountability amongst the players now is just incredible compared to where it was at. And I think Wilson wants to continue to build on that and bring in those type of players that are self-driven and that aren't going to cause any trouble for the program. Uh, how much of it is just waiting to see if if they win? This is, this is a Hoosier team that we've said is is ready to take the next step, should take the next step. 
Um, we thought last year was the next step, and then Sudfeld got hurt. How, how much of this is, is a waiting pattern then? Well, like you mentioned, it's going to be a smaller class than what we've seen in the, the past four years. Uh, usually they had between 20 and 25 commits. So this year, because you have that smaller class, you can afford to be more patient. You can shoot for the bigger, the bigger dogs in the class, uh, as you would say. And if that doesn't work out, you know, there's still plenty of time. Um, as I mentioned yesterday, more than half of our commits in the 2015 class were added in the last two months of the recruiting cycle before signing day. So this this uh, staff doesn't, you know, get impatient. They don't worry. They really just allow things to come to them. So, I mean, if they if they wait and they, you know, start out 4-0, they finish the season 8-4, you're going to have a lot more kids knocking at your door than you did prior to the season. So they may, you know, they're probably not in any hurry to start filling that class up unless there's just somebody that just is at the top of their list right now that's ready to commit. Right. And, and you know, they they haven't shown any nerves, but you have to believe that, that sometimes uh, they're on their drives or, or their flights that they might have a, a nervous moment or two, uh, but let's let's move on. Uh, we had some good news with the recruiting, but IU ends their spring practice on Thursday. They have an open scrimmage. Uh, I think it'll be more of a traditional uh, spring game type of format. Uh, in uh, they'll mix up teams according to Wilson. Uh, is there anything else we want to see before this team breaks uh, until the summer? Yeah, we, we mentioned on, uh, for those that don't know, we did a, a Sunday um, you know, Sunday little recap show, uh, post-game show, if you will, um, that you know, we mentioned one, one of the things that I mentioned was I wanted to see the uh, kind of how the punting battle was, was going to shake out. Uh, and it, nothing will be decided on Thursday's scrimmage, but... I want to see Joseph Gideon. Uh, he's an intriguing guy. He's got a bigger leg than Eric Toth does. Uh, the question is going to be, can he be consistent with it? And can he do more than just, you know, kick it a little bit further than Toth? Can he place the ball? Uh, can he get the proper tank time on the ball so that the coverage can, can adequately get down there? So I want to see more of that. Um, yeah, And I'd also, I'd also kind of like to continue to see – uh, the running game. Um, you know, I've I've been very impressed by Ricky Brookins and Alex Rodriguez. Uh, Divine Redding has impressed me as well, but that's not a surprise. I, I really like him as a player and what he can add to IU's running game, along with Jordan Howard. But there's a spot for that third running back, and right now, uh, Ricky Brookins and Alex Rodriguez to me appear to be pretty well ahead of Tommy Mister. Uh, which I did not expect coming into spring ball, but uh, those two, Brookins and Rodriguez, have really excelled, particularly Brookins. He has an explosiveness that I did not expect to see from a walk-on, um, but you know, he's a kid from Terre Haute that uh, coaches within that conference have, have commented that they're not surprised by what's happening, uh, that they had problems with him every time they played him, and um He's a guy that I, I want to see just continue to excel. And I, on Thursday, I'm 
looking forward to seeing if, if he puts up another big day. Yeah, one of the things that I'd like to see, in addition to to the special teams being a little bit more consistent, uh, is Nate Sudfeld airing the ball out. He looked really sharp uh, throwing short patterns and throwing the fade ball in the end zone. But I want to see him throw the deep ball a little bit uh, and see uh, how he could hit guys. Now, the vertical game for IU might not be there with the wide receivers they have on the roster right now. But I'd like to see them take a couple shots. Um, you know that he he threw the ball that deep ball pretty well last year uh, to win and to to Stoner. So to see him back at 100%, I, I really want to see him throw the ball over 20 yards uh, down the field just to to show that this uh, explosive offense is still there. How about you, Nick? Yeah, that was kind of my line of thinking. I'd really like to see the the Hoosiers send the ball downfield a little bit more. Obviously, I don't want to see our, our the, uh, defensive backs or secondary to be too exposed because then that would have me worrying on the other side. Um, another area is just continuing continuing to improve that pass rush. Obviously, they got 10 sacks combined between the two teams last weekend. And, and like we all said, that that was partially a product of the, the referees having a quick whistle, you know, protecting the quarterbacks, but I would just like to continue to see that, you know, make the quarterback hurry, make him scramble a little bit, collapse the pocket. Um, and, and the wide receivers just continue to develop, limit drop balls. That's my biggest thing, no drop balls. And if, you know, if you can do that, I think our offense will be, you know, light years ahead of where it was at last year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, make it more efficient. Uh, one of the – the big bugaboos for the Hoosiers since Wilson has gotten there is either they're going to score on a big play or they're they're going to go three and out. And this offense right now looks like it's more efficient uh, going uh, at going for drives that are seven, eight plays uh, long. Even with the tempo, tempo just means you're going fast. It doesn't mean you're you're scoring in two plays. Um, so the, the tempo looked good. The efficiency on these short passes and the runs look good. So if they could control the ball uh, for more plays, work the field, get those guys on the other side uh, of the defense tired, then they have a real shot at beating that offense. It might not be as explosive as 2013, but they should, sure could put up some points like they did in, thir- in 2013. That's what really excites me about Jordan Howard is I think he, he and Alex Rodriguez – and Divine Redding to a lesser extent, but those can be the guys that scored ahead for three or four or five yards just to keep the drive going. No, they're not probably going to get around the end and you know rush for 60 yards, but they're going to keep that drive going. We're going to keep the clock running, and that's going to give our defense, who is who is on the rise, it's going to give them some more time to breathe, rest up before they have to get back on the field after, like you said, a three and out or a 65-yard touchdown run by Kevin Coleman. Don't get me wrong, I love those, but that was tough on the defense. Well, yeah, it's always nice, you know, my friend and I always have an argument of, you know, is there such thing as too many home runs? But no, there aren't. You'll always take the home run over the single, but there are such things as too many strikeouts. And when you, you know, to to put, you know, a strikeout is that three and out. And for if you have three three and outs for every, you know, 60-yard touchdown run, that percentage is not great. Um, so, you know, it would be nice to see them have 
prolonged drives time-wise. Just be more efficient in getting um, getting points every drive instead of just saying, "Hey, we're we're scoring touchdown," and then go five five drives with punting, and then they all of a sudden they wake up and score two touchdowns in a row, but then they 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 fall back in and punt it three more times. So I think the the offense is much more efficient in terms of they move the ball downfield. It's a little bit more methodical, but they still run uh, the tempo offense, which uh, gives the defense. Uh, the the opposing defense fits, uh, so I, I, it's going to be a, a big step for the offense in that. Um, we've got a few more minutes left, uh, so we're going to close out by by again saying what 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 are your expectations uh, going into the fall? I can start. Um, Go ahead. As far as as far as incoming players or just just. As a as a as a team as a whole, what are we expecting? As as a program as a whole, what what's what are the your expectations right now going into the spring? See, or going into to the fall from what you've seen this spring? Well, the front seven on the defense uh, is going to be a huge strength. Um, the guys up front on the offensive line going to be a strength. I think we've all said that numerous times. Um, Nate's going to be a heady uh, quarterback is going to make great decisions. The running game, I don't think there's really a whole lot to be worried worried there. You got it looks to be at least four good running backs um with Devonte Williams coming in, he provides a new element that we've not particularly had recently. And with the wide receivers, it's just continuing to develop, having some of those younger guys come in and play, whether it be a uh, Nick Westbrook or Leon Thornton, and uh, we all are looking forward to having Cameo and Patrick out there. So, you know, all things go right. You know, the sky's fairly the limit for this team. I would like to see an 8-4 and four season. How about you, TJ? Yeah, I think 8-4 and four is kind of, the, kind of the dream scenario where things shake out as optimistically as you could reasonably hope for. I think that that is an attainable goal. Uh, for me, the expectation is to make a bowl game. Um, I think anything short of that will be uh, a disaster, um, a disaster for IU football to not make a bowl game with this current roster and with this current coaching regime. I think it would open the door for all kinds of questions that I'm not ready to talk about. Um, so I, that's my expectation is for them to get to a bowl game. Uh, how that happens? Uh, you know, what are the wins and losses? I'm not entirely sure, but um, I think anything short of a bowl game w- would be considered a failure. Uh, you know, injuries could play a part in it and all that, but I, you, you've got to figure out a way to get to that sixth win uh, and get yourself into the postseason, and that's what I'm expecting from this squad. I think they're good enough. I think they're experienced enough, and uh, gosh darn it, people like them. I I agree. I think it's bull game or bust this year. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna go out on a limb and say what what wins or or, or what t- games are wins or what games are losses right now. Uh, but there there are six wins out there. I think the team is talented enough. They're primed, ready to go. Uh, it's a big season. Uh, if you don't go to a bowl game, what do you do with Wilson? He's coming to the end of his 
uh, last two years of his contract. So it is a big season for them. It should be bowl game or bust. Uh, guys, thanks for co- jumping on today. Uh, we love talking football, especially on Wednesday mornings. Uh, so join us next week, Wednesday, 11 a.m. Uh, guys, have a have a great rest of the week. Have a good week. Thanks, Sammy. Thanks. Hope to see you down there in Bloomington on Thursday. Uh, they have an open scrimmage, and you can follow it all on HoosierHuddle.com and at Hoosier underscore Huddle on Twitter. Thanks, and uh, have a great weekend.